Alrighty, moving right along to segment number four for season six, episode 14, with the theme of sound waves and spacecrafts. <gasps> this is the bombshell before Roswell. This segment explores the event that took place before Roswell, before the Roswell crash, and a brief look into the atomic age. So where I'm getting all this from is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the the bombshell before Roswell, um, that whole thing right there was pretty much, um, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, where's this? It's in Missouri. It's a place called um, Cape, Cape Girardeau. Cape Girardeau in Missouri. So back in April, on April 17th, 1941 at 9.30 PM, um, there's a reverend named uh, William Huffman. He gets a call by the police to comfort the victims of a, uh, of a crash. So he was like, oh shit. And I was like, all right, man, uh, I'll be over there. You know, let me, um, you know, just tell me where you guys are at and, you know, I'll bring my, my Bible and all that shit. So, so he goes over there and he checks it out. And, um, but the people that he was, um, the people that he thought he was going to be comforting because he thought it was like an airplane crash. And he was like, all right, you know, let me get my words together. But there was people there and they were freaking out over a UFO that crash landed there. So then, um, it was a, through his account, uh, through Reverend William Huffman's account, it was a, a disc shaped craft. And, um, I don't know, maybe about the size of an average Navajo Hogan, maybe. And inside were three little aliens. I mean, not, they weren't inside, but I think they were, I think they were pretty much dead. These, these three little aliens, they were like about, I don't know, two to three feet tall somewhere. And their spacecraft was, like I said, maybe about the size of a, a Hogan, possibly just depending on what size it is. And then, um, uh, so he looked inside the, um, the little, uh, spacecraft there and it was lit up, you know, lights going on and everything. And he says there was like hieroglyphics, uh, inscriptions inside the craft, like on the walls and on all, just pretty much on everything. So he was all tripped out about that. And, um, you know, then the government told him, Hey dude, you know, you better not say shit or we're going to cut off your nutsack or whatever they, they, they were threatening him with. So he kept that for, um, he kept that secret, I guess. Um, and that was, um, something that he told his wife. And then I, I don't remember when he died, but, um, and then, <clears throat> then when his wife got older, cause you know, this was like 1941. So you figure possibly they were in their forties and then, um, and then in 1984, so you figured they're at least 80 or 90. Well, the wife was in 1984, his wife or his ex-wife, you know, she told her family, look, this is what, you know, um, this is what he found out and this is what he saw. So I'm telling you guys this now, cause I'm dying and you know, government ain't coming after me. So, <laughs> so I'm out the door, man. But, um, that was, um, that was something she told her grandkids and her kids were aware of it. But, um, now jumping back to, um, 
that that time, uh, April uh, April twelfth, nineteen forty one. Once the uh, spacecraft debris and all that shit was taken care of, and you know the witnesses were calmed down, possibly killed, because you know how the government is. They're assholes like that. But anyways, um, so then they were all prepared for whatever the. I guess when the Roswell crash happened, they were already prepared for that. That's why when it uh, happened, you know, first that guy's like, oh, yeah, there was a spacecraft that landed, crash landed. And then, you know, the government got all pissed and told him, no, nah, man, don't, or they told the newspaper, don't be writing that shit, take that shit down, you know, say it was a weather balloon, you know, all that. So, um, so then when the Roswell crash happened, here's another story. Um, my sister is friends with this dude and he's like a cook and a prep cook or chef or whatever. And, uh, he was telling me that his father knew the guy that, that major, uh, shit, I forgot his name, Lieutenant major, um, the dude that, you know, was holding that piece of, uh, spacecraft, not spacecraft, that metal stuff. You see the picture. Ah, fuck. I can't remember his name, but anyways, I should have wrote it down, but I didn't. Anyways, he knew that guy, and that's where that guy told my sister's friend's father, you know, I was like, yeah, man, you know, back in the, over there in Roswell, you know, this shit went down. I, I think his father was a, a military veteran, too. I don't remember, but he was telling me this because we were cruising. Uh, I think we we're coming out to Clagato or going to Albuquerque. Anyways, um, we we're using his vehicle, and he was talking away, and he was just telling me about this, and I was just listening to him. And he says, yeah, there was like three little aliens and one was kind of burnt. Yeah, I guess it got burnt up when it crashed or something. So he goes, yeah, they took all that and um, they took all the debris and all that shit. And um, that guy was told by the government, yeah, hey, you better shut your mouth, dude. You're, you're, you know, we're going to kill you, bury you and all that shit. All the, all the typical threats, you know. So he didn't say much like in a public setting yeah obviously you know why, why would you when you got when, when you got a job and you're trying to take care of your family and all that so anyways so but that lieutenant colonel i think that was his uh uh i think that was his title uh anyways later on yeah he he told his family so his family his kids and um uh, one of his son was being interviewed He's an older man. Now he's like, yeah, you know, we're part of a family through, um, we have a heritage or not heritage. We have a history with, um, you know, UFO crash landing and all that stuff. And I guess the, the dude, um, that Lieutenant Colonel, he brought back some of them, uh, pieces, uh, he brought it back into the house. Now, <clears throat> if you're a Navajo, uh, if this were to happen, let's say, a spacecraft crash landed in Clagato and then it bounced all the way over here to my mom's place. If that happened and you know, here comes government officials and I'm like, ah, whatever, go take that boring shit out of here, man. Uh, <clears throat> and, um, you know, they say, all right, you, you can't have anything. If we find anything on you, we're going to throw you. I was like, ah, what the fuck ever, man, get the fuck out of here. Go take your stupid spacecraft. It's all you guys do anyways is whine about fucking secrecy. Anyways, so um, let's say there's a piece of metal right there. Like, let's say they clean up everything and, you know, there's always like one thing that they'll be missing. And let's say I find that piece of metal and I, I tell my mom, mom, look, uh, there's a piece of metal right here. Automatically, she would say, don't 
fucking touch it. Leave it alone. That's got nothing to do with you. Um, the reason for that is my mom's a traditional woman. So that piece of metal coming from space, uh, being, um, driven by an extraterrestrial is a, is a combination of cultural, um, cultural ways, cultural ceremonies. If you touch it, you're going to have to have the evil way and the lightning way done. Boom, boom, automatic. You don't do that shit, then that cancer is going to start building up inside your body. And next thing you know, you try to run to a medicine man and say, oh, look, medicine man, I'm dying. I don't know what's going on. It's like, well, shit, you touched something that you weren't supposed to. And it's like, well, white people do it all the time. Our researchers do it all the time. Archaeologists do it all the time. And the medicine man's going to be like, yeah, that's why they're dead, stupid. You're like, oh, shit. Okay, I get it now. You know, so it just kind of creates a better picture of why, you know, we can't touch that stuff. But anyways, so uh, once again, back at that, this, um, this Roswell crash, I mean the bombshell before Roswell, after that happened, then Roswell crashed, th that Roswell crash happened or Roswell crash, Roswell, that the whole thing happened. Then, uh, it started to develop a pattern. So in San Antonio, New Mexico in August, 1945. So this is after Roswell, there was another crash there. Then Twin Falls, Idaho in July 1947, and it happened. Then uh, Hebgen Lake in Montana in August 1949, another crash. So Braxton County, West Virginia, September 1952, there's another crash. Then there was like one after another, many more crashes were happening. So uh, some people were theorizing that these UFOs were crash landing due to World War II you know, World War II, you know, took up like 60 million lives or people. Uh, and the war gave rise to weaponry, advanced weaponry. And then um, the the weapons were so advanced and deadly that mankind had, that mankind had ever known. And it was causing a lot of UFO sightings to be signaled to check on the era of the atomic age, you know, to check on, um, the, this advancements uh, of, uh, atomic and hydrogen bombs and, and all that shit. So that's where, um, the other thing I wanted to add to that was Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. Um, Jack Parsons, he helped, uh, I think it was, he helped, uh, shit. It was had to do something with the, the missiles, and, um, this is why it sucks when I don't have all my notes with me and, um, L Ron Hubbard, he's that dude that wrote about the, um, or he created Scientology, you know? So those two, they opened up that portal to where they talked to this demon named lamb L A M. And the, the reason why they wanted to do that is because I heard that Aleister Crowley did it and they're like, Oh yeah, Aleister Crowley is like the most evil man in the world. So what Aleister Crowley, uh, what he did when he found out those, those two, that's what they were doing. He went back to them and they said, Hey, look here, you stupid, stupid jackasses. Don't be messing with this shit, man. Hey, you know, I, I'm scared of it. You know, don't fuck around, bro. You know? So, uh, he says, um, that lamb, uh, Aleister Crowley, I think it was, he drew a picture and it looks like an alien, you know, but, um, opening portals, somewhere, somehow, when L. Ron Hubbard and, um, what's his name, uh, Jack Parsons, 
when they did that over in uh, California, was it Hollywood? I think it was somewhere around that area. If you, if you look on a map, if you look on a, I don't know if you want to look at a globe, but if you can look at the 33rd parallel that goes around the world that, uh, where those two guys open that portal, that's where Roswell kind of went down. And then in Arizona, there's another spot, uh, shit, man, I don't remember what it was, but it's also known for UFO, um, activity. It could be near the white mountains where, um, what's his name? Um, Travis. Travis Walton got abducted. So it could be right there at the 33rd parallel. And, um, and then, uh, going further down, there was something that had a significance with, uh, I think it was Texas and Florida, but anyways, so all that, you know, I just kind of started thinking, well, maybe, you know, when they opened that portal, there was a rift, you know, they, just like I was talking about earlier about the uh, Ouija board, Ouija board, whatever you want to call it excuse me, um, you know, opening the, the portal, opening a doorway, and then, you know, at the end of the session, closing it. And, you know, I don't think those two closed it. So when these UFOs are probably cruising, because, you know, this is all a high fucking science and shit. Um, so the space-time continuum, possibly, uh, when the aliens are cruising, they're like, oh, la, 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 la. And they're, oh, I'm going to Earth, going to check this shit out. And that portal, that doorway that opened, they're probably like, oh, shit, that's probably like a bumpy road, like on a res road, you know, when there's like too much washboards. And that's probably where the aliens were going so fast that their their spaceship, you know, hit like this interplanetary washboard that these two stupid asses they left open. So that's probably where they skid out of control and kind of came towards Earth like, ah, oh, Earth, <laughs> Earth, like, oh, shit, boom, 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 boom. And then they're like, ah, oh, fuck, that's it, you know. Because uh, I remember seeing this one episode where um, on Ancient Aliens where this guy was talking, one of the uh, the theorists, he said, um, you know, people are saying if aliens are so advanced, why do they crash? And he, his response was because their spacecraft is made out of nut and bolt technology. You know, that's that's why when the crashes happen, you know, they just took them to uh, Area 51 and they reverse engineered a lot of that shit because I, the aliens probably had like a three, eight bolts that went on and somebody's like, Oh shit, look, this is just like a regular nut. You know, I could take off with my, with my, you know, drill and my screw set and all this shit, you know, my tools. So that was probably where they got like a big old heart on. I, I would, you know, I'll be like, Oh shit, I got the right tools to take apart a spaceship. Oh fuck. I'm going to do it. You know? Even though my mom tells me, no, don't fucking touch that. You're going to get cancer and, you know, you're going to have to have the lightning weight ceremony done and all that shit. So, you know, that's just where I just wanted to bring all that up and just kind of say that, you know, that's, that's very interesting, man. You know, so um, other than that, um, uh, let's go ahead and jump on to uh, segment number five for tonight. And segment number five will be about spacecraft research and development. Well, what do you know? So here we go. Wow. <laughs> 